Hi, this is Caroline, and you're listening to Get a Clue, Stories of Business, my podcast about restructuring, change management, and transformation. I actually just recorded this episode, then turns out it didn't record. The audio file was empty, so this is my second attempt. Bear with me. You may not know, but actually, I did not only work as a change management expert, management consultant, etc., I also dedicated two to three years to various startup ideas of mine. Uh, The first one was a platform for women on personal investing and finance. The other one was a slow fashion brand. I exited the first one. I'm still very good friends with my former co-founder. And I put the slow fashion brand on hold just because for premium slow fashion brand, you need a lot of money. And at a certain point in time, I was just like, oh, no, this this is going to be too expensive. I need to put so much money, invest so much money into marketing. Not worth it. And I'm only sharing all of this with you because I learned a lot creating these two startups. And I learned from experience, but I also learned from startup accelerator programs that I was a member of. So in 2021, I actually completed the, or participated in the Founder Institute Hong Kong digital program. That's one startup program. And in the spring of 2022, I completed the Founder Gym Accelerator program. Both of them geared towards really you like teaching you tools, how to become much more proficient at creating a company from scratch. It's all about customer development, creating a very simple product that you can test with customers, finding out about pain points, figuring out your monetization strategy, learning how to pitch to investors, etc. Admittedly, in the spring of 2022, when I completed the Founded Gym program, I worked with my friend Cecile. We met while we both worked for the bank in 2014-2015. She has since, you know, become a startup coach and a pitch coach. And I work with her because I really wanted to make sure that my second business idea was going to be a success. Cecile introduced me to a startup tool that I hadn't that I had completely blanked about until that moment in time, it's the customer persona. If you come from the marketing profession or say social media, you're probably familiar with customer personas. I was not. And so I'm sharing this information with you because I love customer personas, but also I think that there is an argument or a case to be made for adapting customer personas for your change communication strategy. I personally think that in change management, we do not take enough time to engage in cross-pollination activities. So basically adopt a cross-disciplinary approach and use tools that are without the change management and transformation expertise. And I'm a big favor of saying, I'm a big fan of saying, let's use tools that worked in other industries and adapt them to change management and benefit from these crazy good techniques. 
So, a customer persona is often generated once the market research and qualitative interview phase of a project has been completed. You basically take a very detailed look at a customer's pain points, the consumption habits and preferences, and all of that is with one vision in mind, a higher degree of client centricity. Cecile and I kind of like took a detour, not to say a detour, we rebelled about a bit. We started with the customer personas first before doing all of the other market research. And I'll tell you in a minute why we did or how we went about this. So the customer persona, and you can Google this, there are tons of templates online, is basically a fake person that represents your customer target group. I'm saying it's a fake person, like it's an artificial, it's like a person you make up. So you need a little bit of creativity and fantasy. Basically that person, because it represents a target group, helps you change perspective. You assume you're that person and you think through their challenges. Because I was focused on Singapore and Hong Kong as my target markets, I created customer personas for that market. And so let's look at what I did. Customer persona number one representative for Singapore was named Grace. I came up with details about her. So I guess like an online dating profile, right? I, you know, I like figured out how old is she? What's her gender? Okay, we know she's a woman. Is she married? Is she divorced? Is she single? Where does she live? What's her job? How much money does she make? What's her disposable budget for, you know, the particular product I had in mind? And also what's your, what's her, her background? Does she have a degree from a university? Did she go to a technical college, what did she do? In my case, she's 42 years old, female, divorced. She remarried, she's based in Singapore. She works at NUS, that's a university in Singapore. She makes a certain amount of money and she has a master's degree in education. Then I figured out, okay, Grace, what is Grace all about? So I reflected on her interests, her life goals. Where does she shop? What are her pain points in life? How does she consume information? Which devices does she use? Is she a big fan of LG? Does she have an iPhone? What's her computer like? Does she chat on WeChat? Because WeChat is a bit more, you know, common in that part of the world. Does she use WhatsApp? Is she interested in Pinterest? Does she read the Straits Times? That's a journal in Singapore. Does she read Business Week, Cosmopolitan, etc.? By painting such a detailed picture of Grace, I was able to think of her as my best friend, right? Like somebody I would have coffee with and just like ask random questions about my product. But that's not enough. If you as a startup founder want to make money, you also have to think about Grace's representation amongst the Singaporean population. How many Graces out there? So I made a couple of informed guesses. I know that there are 5.68 million people living in Singapore, approximately half a female. Then let's say another 50% work. Then let's say another 10% actually are within the age bracket that I look at and also the income bracket, etc. So these are the types of um, informed guesses I made to be able to really use customer personas for my particular purposes. Now, when we think about change management, we can use the customer persona template and adapt it to our change communication strategy. 
And that's why I suggest to create change customer personas. So you might actually think about not only people's jobs, but also like, where do they work? Are they a sales representative or are they a person that works on the manufacturing floor? Uh, um, do they belong to business division A or C, or do they work in internal audit? Are they a middle manager? Are they uh, an expert? Are they a member of the board? I think you get the picture. And then in terms of communication channels and how they absorb information about the transformation project, well, that's probably much more about do they use the internet? Do they use Slack if the company has a Slack, right? Think about programmers. Um, do they dial into the monthly company calls? Do they work on the, on the factory floor? And that's why they prefer to look at big posters. What do I know? I'm just making assumptions, right? Um, do they prefer weekly emails in the inbox? You really have to think through all of this. And then also in terms of pain points, you really want to understand what are this person's, this change customer persona's particular pain points regarding the change. Is it their entire division is getting reorganized and they're afraid that they won't have a job anymore in six months? Or is the pain point that they have to get used to new values? Is the pain point that they're used to a very autocratic culture, so very like top down, and now all of a sudden there's a cultural revolution and they have to contribute much more to, let's say, innovation or just like in general giving feedback? So keep all of that in mind when you create the change customer personas. Um, you might also include in that change customer persona and any considerations you might have about are they in favor of the change or maybe no, they are resistant to the change. All of this will help you craft a change communication strategy that is you know, much more realistic because it's actually based on actual, I mean, fake, artificial, but still actual change customer personas, right? Because you actually took the time with your team to consider what kind of people make up the organization or the company you serve and how to best reach out to them. I love this idea so much because I find customer personas so helpful. And in transformation and change management, so often we are limited to the tools that exist. There is not enough cross-pollination. There's not enough of a, you know, like, thinking outside of the box approach, there's not enough cross-disciplinary activity. And that's why I personally think, why not borrow tools from the marketing and the startup world that have helped others slightly, you know, adapt them to a transformation context and use them. That's it for today. I hope that my reflection on change customer personas and the communication strategy for transformation has helped you. If you've ever used customer personas for a transformation project, please share with me. I'm very curious what kind of experience you've had with this. And as always, any comment and feedback that you might have, please, please, please share with me. Thank you so much for your time and bye-bye.